cutthroat, northern pike, largemouth, speckled trout, dorado, coho, flying fish, walleye, bonefish, sunfish, codfish, monkfish, shark, barracuda, tarpon, hammerhead, bluefin, tuna, great white mackerel, haddock, pollock, striper, marlin, sailfish, sockeye, king, silver, atlantic, pacific, all of these names. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in studio along with Marco Farrell. And, um, boy, we're spread out all over. We have the Grizz from La, ba- La Paz, Baja, California, sir. And we have John Skinner from, uh, now, John, you say you're in Long Island or Jersey? Long or Island, New York. Long Island, New York. Okay. Eastern Long Island. All right. Well, John is um, has a passion for striper fishing, which would be striped bass. And I know that Grizz has fished almost everything, almost everywhere, but I don't think he knows a whole lot about striped bass fishing. So, well, John, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm I'm a baby in uh, striped bass. I mean, you want to talk about striped marlin? I can tell you, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> catches hundreds. But I'm not not an expert, and don't know. I know very little about striped bass. So this is going to be a learning experience for me. Uh huh. Okay. Well, let's start off uh, with uh, uh, explaining what striped bass are, uh, if you don't mind, John. Well, I can tell you up in the northeast, uh, they're really the the premier inshore game fish. And uh, for people who haven't caught them, uh, in terms of the way they fight, uh, they're similar to a redfish, but... Uh, it's a little bit different um, in terms of, of how you fish for them. One of the things, um, John and I were talking earlier and uh, about the California fishery, and I asked him if people fish at night there very much, and to my surprise he said no, because uh, where I am basically up in the northeast and mid-Atlantic states, if you're a trophy striped bass hunter, uh, when I, by trophy here I mean you know 40 pound class or 30, 40, 50 pounds. Um, you're going to do most of your fishing um, between dusk and dawn, and a lot of it in the middle of the night. That's when they're most active. So it was interesting to me to hear that um, they don't target them much at night uh, in California, which makes me wonder what if they did. John, let me let me jump in here. This is Marco. Um, at least south of Point Conception, we it was really rare to get even a couple of stripers a year, and we just never targeted them, never caught them. They were just kind of accidental bonus exotics. This past year has been the exception where we've actually been able to go and target them, and uh, we found that, yes, uh, fishing sunset into dark, we're catching them in the dark. So you're absolutely right. And more and more uh, guys who are targeting these fish are starting to go at night. And I've even gone at 3 in the morning or uh, 9 at night and fished until 1 in the morning. So um, it's, yes, you are absolutely correct. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you keep going. But how, how would you fish them at night? Okay, it is, it is a little bit different than during the day because you're going to be going uh, slower on the retrieves. And where uh, during the day some people might use metal lures and, and so forth, at night, and there's no set rule here, but at night a lot of the fishing is done with plugs. And, and larger plugs, I mean like what we call uh, bottle plugs and daughters, these are like six inch, two ounce, two and a, uh, two and a half ounce plugs. Um, and also minnow-shaped plugs. I'm talking about, and I'm sure you have them there, bombers, 
uh, red fins mm-hmm. you know, in, in the six inch, seven inch range. Um, slow retrieve, but basically you're slowing that retrieve down at night. And, and something else is that you, know, you mentioned fishing evening into dark. And um, yes, evening is good, dark is good. But what's kind of funny is I've seen many times where you've got a good bite in the evening, and then once it gets, once you get into dark, you get a lull. And you get a lull until all the red is out of the sky, and it's what we call black-black when it's dark. And when it's dark, then they'll start up again. And then many times, your best fishing is is in that darkness. All right. Now, when you're talking about plugs, are you talking about diving plugs like crankbaits with big lips, 30-footers? Okay, so these all right. So these plugs I mentioned, uh, the the minnow plugs like a, a bomber or Daiwa Saw Pro. Uh, are these these are plugs you have out there out on the West Coast? Correct. I think you have bombers. Yes, no? we do. Okay. You have what you're talking about rebels. divers, big, but big, but big. No, these are these could be surface lures that are only going to swim on the surface okay. or down a couple of feet. Um, but you know, depending on the terrain, like many times we'll fish bucktail lures now. I've written an entire book about bucktail fishing. That's how important that lure is, the striper fishing, uh, from boat, surf, everything. And we fish bucktails a lot at night. And bucktail jigs, um, for those who don't know, that's that's a lead head with deer hair tied on. And then you usually fish a, a trailer on there. The trailers used to be Uncle Josh pork strips, although they don't make them anymore. So we use things that are sort of imitation of those pork strips. Um, but those are probably not out on the West Coast yet. But you can also fish... Um, like soft plastic, like Mr. Twister tails on these bucktails. And if you know how to fish that one particular lure, you can catch stripers in all different kinds of environments, and that's what makes it um, such a versatile lure. Now, where do you find stripers, uh, John? Um, I, I know that in uh, brackish water, uh, they're easy. You find them in fresh water. You can find them in the ocean. But primarily, where, where would you fish for stripers? I'm fishing what would be entirely salt water uh, just about all of the time. Uh, and what's neat about them is that they are in many different environments. Uh, you know, they can be in, in small canals, in creeks, bays, uh, sounds, and you know, right out in the open ocean. So they're, they're in all kinds of environments, and that's part of what makes it interesting. And, like, one of the things I, I try to do to be productive through the year is to be able to, um, you know, fish these different environments because, you know, many times with the conditions, um, you know, you can't fish, you know, for example, you know, you can't fish the ocean if, you know, these 12-foot waves coming and, you know, a 40-knot wind in your face. However, you might do extremely well in a back bay under those circumstances. So it, it really pays off to be able to catch them in a variety of environments. Well, they're in uh, reservoirs also, aren't they? Right. Uh, they, there's also freshwater striped bass. I don't personally fish any freshwater striped bass, although the, the striped bass that I fish for, um, some spawn in the Hudson River, um, and then others spawn in rivers up in um, Virginia. So, you know, these fish go back and forth between fresh and salt water. I happen to fish them entirely in salt water. Now, when you said okay, because I fished them in Kentucky and in Tennessee, in the Cumberland Lake, and also in the Kentucky Lake, I fished for them. That's right. They they do have them. Uh, what I would you know, I guess you'd call landlocked stripers there. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and um, 
Right, and and an interesting thing about those is if you know when I see pictures of those, they're all fatter than the ones we catch. You know, as soon as you see it, you can tell that's a freshwater striped bass. Uh, and I know they have some very very good freshwater fisheries. Cumberland uh, was uh, was very good to me because I mean you would actually go up and see them on top and cast to them. What kind of what kind of lures did you throw when you when you had them up on top? What did you throw to them? I threw Rapalas. I hate to use that name, but that type of bait. Okay, well, that's very similar to what I call the minnow-shaped plug, uh, the bomber, the redfin, the rebel, um, you know, that kind of a lure, very good lure for us. I think, to be honest with you, I think they were rebels that we were fishing. Okay, very good, yes. I I think they were rebels. I'm almost sure of it. But you would see them up on the top, and uh, they they were really interesting because they would hang with the big alligator gar. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And you had to be real careful, you know, when you looked at them, when you cast at them, that you didn't cast, because they were side by side. If you found one, you found the other one. Um, another lure that we use a lot here are surface poppers, and in particular, uh, pencil poppers. And these lures are worked on a slow retrieve, but by, like, violently shaking the rod so that you cause that plug, mm-hmm. almost like a, um, a Zara spook walk the dog kind of action, mm-hmm. but you really tear like up the surface of the water, and, and that really drives, you know, drives those fish nuts. It gets them up, uh, you know, in situations where you wouldn't catch them on other lures, like very calm, clear water. Uh, when you thrash that surface, they'll hit it. John, we've, we've got to come. We've got to go to a break right now. Please uh, stay tuned. We're going to come back with a fascinating history of striped bass and how they found themselves on the California coast. Okay, you are listening to Fish Talk Radio. Go to fishtalkradio.com and listen to the show as many times as you like. We'll be right back with uh, John Skinner and the Grizz. And back to work on Monday's If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. It's time to enjoy the biggest Southern California reservoir located in Hemet, just 90 minutes from Los Angeles and San Diego. Getting away from the summer heat, fall and winter bring ideal fishing weather. World renowned for its black bass fishing, also home to the bluegill and red ear sunfish, rainbow trout, and both blue and channel catfish. Bring your boat or rent one of ours. Tell them John Hennigan sent you and they'll give you a special gift on California parks. Visit dvmarina.com. That's dvmarina.com. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. 
It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. Big old trout, Big just old as trout. cool as the evening shade. Well, I toss my line and I haul it up. I think I've got it made. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in the studio and outside of the studio. Our uh, host is uh, Grizz, um, Mike Ritz from La Paz, Baja, California, sir. And we have John Skinner. We're talking about striped bass fishing, and we have Marco Farrell that's sitting in the studio. And I would like to uh, mention that in the next segment, if you're interested in doing some traveling, you better stay tuned because we got some exciting things that Grizz and I are going to tell you about. But right now, let's go back to John Skinner and uh, Marco Farrell, who uh, introduced him for us. So, uh, Marco, why don't you start off? So I just wanted to talk about uh, the fascinating history of striped bass in California. They are an East Coast species, and they were introduced uh, from... 132 small striped bass that were released. They were brought over by rail, uh, uh, caught in the Navasink River. Is that how you pronounce it? That sounds about right. Okay, in New Jersey. And uh, they were released near Martinez. And uh, within a year, they were caught uh, near South Salido, Alameda, and Monterey. And uh, started to scatter around. Um, they released another 300 in the Suisun Bay in 1882. And a decade after that, anyone want to guess how many pounds were caught on the commercial take in California? I'll make it easy for you. Over a million pounds. Wow. So out out of less than 500 fish, within 10 or 12 years, they had over a million pound commercial fishery. Uh, And that's just the ones that were caught. That's right. And uh, these fish are are not unlike salmon in that they uh, are found in both fresh and salt water. Uh, I'm just learning about them, so I don't know much about their biology, but they do do go back and forth um, and sometimes found in in the salt and sometimes found in reservoirs and lakes where they can't get to the salt. So, Mm -hmm. John, uh, why don't you tell us about uh, the striped bass on the East Coast? Well, you know, that's such a remarkable story, how those fish were able to colonize out of such a small number. And, and it shows, I mean, you, know, you were saying to me that, um, you know, you used to get these fish by bycatch, 
and now you're able to target them because there's quite a few. Um, I've been interacting with some people up in Nova Scotia. Uh, you would think that's you know a, a cold place for them to be, but their fishery has exploded up there and has just gotten better and better every year. I can tell you on the East Coast, the striped bass fishery is in serious decline, and uh, there's just too many fish being taken out of the fishery. It's not only commercial fishing, but it's done by um, the sport fishery. Uh, all around the charters, party boats. Uh, you can see any day on the internet uh, when there's a hot striper bite. You, know, you see the pictures on the charter boats, just you know, big dead mm-hmm. bass stacked up on the deck, and I'm talking 30, 40 pound fish. And wow. you know, you can't replace those fish very quickly. So I'm not sure what your regulations are there, but if you want a good fishery, you have to protect them. And when it, when they're not protected, they're decimated. John, are they that good table fare that people want to kill them like that? You know, they, they are excellent table fare, but for some reason, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm primarily a surf caster. I, I do boat fish and kayak fish, but uh, I release most of the, the bass that I catch, almost all of them, and many surf casters on there don't, don't keep them. But then there are people that uh, just don't release fish. You know, they, they're going to keep whatever they can. And, yes, they are good to eat. And you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a fish home to eat. But, um, the, you know, the wholesale slaughter of these things, even if you can only keep, you know, two by regulation, which is what it was for quite some time, uh, boy, if you keep a couple of 30-pounders, I mean, do you need to do that? Uh, so it's just we've watched that fishery. just It's going Further and further well, a downhill. Thirty pounder. How old would a thirty pounder be? A thirty. Um, I know. I, I believe a, a twenty pounder is about ten years old. Um, I know a fifty oh, is man. about twenty years old. It's it's an it's a teenager. It's certainly a teenager. It's been around a while and. Uh, there are times of the year where uh, these big bass are on bunker schools, also called manhaid, and they're kind of like a herring type of bait fish. And, uh, you know, they, they get pounded, and it seems they, this, these fish get pounded wherever they go, up and down the coast, in, including with a commercial fishery. So um, you, you have to protect them. You do. Well, you, you know, that's, John, is a sad thing that's happening all over the world. I mean, down here I'm fighting constantly. With fish and game and everything about killing marlin, you know, they, and rooster fish and all of that. I don't know when the people are going to get it through their head that you can't kill everything. Right. Well, I, I will say that, you know, a lot of the surf fishermen, especially the ones who aren't really the, the bait and spike guys that uh, fish fish uh, two hooks with squid and, and, and a pyramid sinker and throw it out there and put the rod in the in the uh, rod holder, guys that are walking up and down the beach that are maybe staying way after dark or getting there a few hours before dawn and, and throwing lures and making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of casts, a lot of those guys do, uh, do release fish. Uh, a, a good friend of mine, Mike, um, had a friend turn him on to a, a specific spot that he had uh, started catching stripers on. And uh, they went there, and, and as they got there about an hour and a half before dawn, uh, his friend said, okay, you got to cast right there, and I'm going to warn you, many times I've come here and caught big fish on my first cast. Well, that didn't really work out. It took three casts, but Mike, uh, <laughs> after about 20 minutes, beached a 20-plus pound striper, took two pictures, let it go, and as the sun was coming up, they were having uh, breakfast at the local uh, diner. So 
a lot of people do release them. A lot of people do value them. The largest striper on record, 125 pounds. Holy wow. smokes. And it was caught in a seine net in North Carolina in 1891. In the Pacific, there's an authentic record of a 78-pounder uh, from 1910, and the current record right now was caught in Merced County, um, O'Neill Four Bay. So I'm not sure. That kind of sounds like a reservoir. 67 pounds, 67 and a half pounds. I was caught in 92. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are big fish out there. Um, you, you, if you if you keep 30 pounders, you're never going to catch 40 and 50 and 60 pounders. And uh, that's something we say when we spear fish is if you want to spear a 40-pound white sea bass, Quit spearing 20-pound white sea bass, and all of a sudden you'll start seeing <laughs> the bigger fish. So um, why don't you tell us some, uh, a fish story or two, John? Uh, guys love to hear fish stories. Yeah, what, got, what are some memorable yeah, we, we catches? Got, we got about four minutes, so okay. let's cover it. Well, one of the things is with the stripers, especially since a lot of it is done at night and um, – you, you, you never know what's going to go on, and uh, so I'll keep this one short. But, you know, we have a season here, and we have about a five-month uh, off-season. And one of the interesting things is, you know, the season tails down as it gets colder and colder, and we rarely catch fish where I am uh, in, in even late November or early December. And one time I was ending my season, I walked into my garage, I was going to start taking things apart. It was December 6th, and it was warm out. It was about 60 degrees. I said, you know what? Let me walk down the beach, give it one last shot, because I knew there was some tiny bass around, because what happens is they get smaller and smaller, and some tiny bass, and some herring come in, because herring are a cold-water fish. And I go down, I make a couple of casts, and boom, 26 pounds on December 26th, when I hadn't seen a four-pounder in several weeks. And what had happened was some of the large bass came in on the herring and were eating the herring. And I stayed that night. I got another one that was 19 and some other nice fish, but at a time when nobody would ever believe it if you told them. And that's just something to keep in mind about stripers is if you've got some big baits around, um, you could very well be surprised mm-hmm. when and where you can find those larger yeah, fish. The b- bigger the bait, the bigger the fish. And uh, another very, thing to keep in mind, so. fish don't read the Internet. So while uh, the Internet says you, you can't catch them in this time of the year, you know, we often do. This has been fascinating, John. I think we're going to have to have you back. I think there's a lot we haven't covered, and I think there's a lot that uh, anglers all across the United States and around the world would love to hear. Um, so we'll have to do that. John, uh, you've got a couple books, and what I love about your books is you've got uh, QR codes that link you to uh, YouTube videos, incredible YouTube videos that you've uh, you've linked. Uh, so you can be reading a chapter and then watch you catching fish using that specific technique. How can people find out about you, your videos, and buy your book? Okay, so uh, two of the books that I have that um, have that feature, striperpursuit.com. Um, another one is uh, a book that I've just released recently. It's flounderbook.com. It's um, very similar to uh, halibut. We call them fluke in parts of the Northeast, also called summer flounder. Both of those books um, have the QR codes integrated, and this has been it's been very popular, very well received. Well, that's great. That's great. And, I've, I've and been... also to check out on uh, YouTube is um, John Skinner Fishing Channel, and I have well over 100 videos there. And I have a lot of very good 
uh, underwater videos. Well, I have to say I've, I've spent uh, more than a few nights uh, watching your videos well into uh, way past midnight because you've got some incredible content, and this is a new fishery for us out here, and we're really having a lot of fun with it. Um, we've got about a minute left. Uh, how about a quick quick tip? You got a quick tip for about a minute? Absolutely. Learn how to fish bucktails. That is the lure. That is one of the best tools, and, and not just for striped bass, but for many kinds of fish. And if I could only have one lure, and I know many other anglers feel the same way, uh, it would be a bucktail. If you can master that lure, uh, you're set for success in uh, many, many different situations, conditions, environments. Um, it's just an excellent tool in the uh, anglers' arsenal. Okay. Well, John, it looks like um, we're going to have to get out of here. Uh, we, unfortunately, we don't get to choose when we take our break, so um, we're going to have to sign you off. And, again, give us some contact information for you real quick. Uh, very good. I can be reached on um, uh, Facebook if you look for John Skinner Fishing. Uh, you can message me there. Great. Okay. And I'd love to see pictures from other locations of uh, okay. striped bass, halibut, anything. All right. And, uh, Grizz, you hang in there because we got some fun stuff coming up. Go to fishtalkradio.com, and you can listen to this show as many times as you want. We'll be right Thanks, back. Lake Hemet your mountain lake escape in the San Jacinto mountain range near Idlewild. The bustling summer season has left the lake quiet and peaceful, perfect for fishing, boating, and RV camping. Visit lakehemetrecreation.com for details. That's lakehemetrecreation.com. If your feet are happy, you are happy. Soft Science Supreme Comfort Outdoor Footwear will give you happy feet. Durable, lightweight, and supportive, Soft Science Footwear is designed for boating, fishing, or everyday comfort and performance. With history of highest quality, you will be proud to own this revolutionary footwear. SoftScience.com has many types and styles you need to check out. Invest in quality footwear, and you will be happy for many years. Find out why at SoftScience.com. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. If you like the show you are listening to right now, you can listen to it and many more just like it on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. Fishing, hunting, boating, and the rest of the great outdoors 24-7, 365 on Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. 
Download the free Reno Violas Outdoor Radio app or visit WRVORadio.com online to see the lineup and schedule. That's Reno Viola Outdoors Radio. And enjoy the great outdoors. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. I got out my shovel and went out to dig some bait. Got a pail with some worms and I headed for the lake. Welcome back to Fish Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan with Marco and the Grizz. Uh, this segment, we're going to cover uh, some basically a travel segment and we're maybe going to suggest some ideas for you that you probably don't even think about or know about. <clears throat> Grizz has some very interesting um, uh, trips that we can take and we're going to cover some of the stuff that we want to do in 2017 and we want to see if we can get you motivated enough. All of the trips that we talk about are affordable. I mean, most of the the, uh, uh, the travel and the things that we do, if you've got a paper route, you can afford to go. So, but uh, <clears throat> anyway, so let's let's get into that, and um, I'll also make sure you go to Facebook. Uh, we're going to be posting some of this, and Marco is actually um, doing a a live video feed that we're going to be able to put up on on Facebook, right? Absolutely. Okay, and uh, do send in your pictures. We want to start seeing your pictures, folks, and. Uh, We'll start giving away some uh, big Good hammer stuff. lures and, and uh, other we, prize packs. You know what? You wouldn't even believe it. We've got in a treasure chest. So, right yeah, on. let's do that. Anyway, Grizz, let's talk a little bit about, I don't know, where should we start? I mean, you know, we'd like to put a trip together to Cuba. Um, we do trips to Alaska. Uh, Costa Rica, and obviously, and I have a condo in Cabo San Lucas. If anybody's interested, uh, we can take good care of you there. Grizz has got a boat uh, in La Paz, and we can fix you up there. But Grizz, you've been spending a lot of time in mainland Mexico, so why don't you go ahead and start going over some of the accommodations that you have and some ideas for trips and get a rough idea of the pricing. Okay, John. Well, well, you know, this year we're going to, Fish Talk Radio is just going to open up the whole can of worms. You know, we've, we've had trips for here, there, but now we're going everywhere. Uh, we just got uh, a virgin area in with the Huicho Indians in Nagarit. Now, Nagarit is, is a state which is about an hour and 45 minutes from Mazatlan. We've got the best dove hunting in the world, better than Argentina. Argentina isn't anything like this. And the, the uh, doves are so many that they are a pest, and they're destroying the farmers' crops. Now, imagine this, guys. You go to Mazatlan, you get picked up, you go there, you hunt doves one day, and then we got absolutely thousands and thousands of ducks. We got over 29 species of duck because we're on the Pacific Flyway. And then if you say, well, I'm going to hunt dove, then I don't want to hunt, I want a schnook fish. Well, you can go out and catch 15, 20 schnook, no problem. We've got boats, we've got air boats, we've got john boats, we've got everything to take you out and give you 
one heck of a deal. Then the third day, well, we're going to shoot some ducks. So we take the airboats and go back up into the marshes and shoot, like I said, 29 different species of ducks are in there. All of that, John, all of that, for the exception of the shells, is only cost you $13.99. I mean, Come on, guys. That's your food, your transportation, that's your hotel with the lodge. That's everything. Only $1,399 for all that time. Three, actually six days of, or six hunting trips because you hunt in the morning and in the afternoon. Then we got the giant bass fishing. I mean, giant. Charlie and I went to Brackenridge. That's, that's, and, a, that's uh, a big mouth bass. Every, every day. For four days, I caught four bass over 10 pounds, and my son caught four bass over 10 days. That, that's the largemouth bass, right, Chris? Yeah, largemouth bass. <clears throat> so we got that. We also got what's going on right now. If you guys are listening, you need to get down here to Mexico right now. We got the gray whales in. They're calving. You can go up. They'll come to your boat. You can actually pet the calves. The cows are with them. And the bulls, there's a few bulls in right now, so you can see them jumping and stuff, but mostly uh, are in the cows and calves. And they come right up to your boat. You can touch them there. We got a hotel there called the Mangrove Inn. Uh, we got that going. And that's then over on the gri- east gri- side, gri- we've got giant, what they call Tejano whitetail which is the biggest whitetail in just about anywhere. It's nothing to shoot a, a 170. An average is a 155, 160-inch uh, deer. So we got all of that going, John. Mm-hmm. And now, then, like you said, here in La Paz, we've got two really nice boats, a hotel, everything. We can put you up, mm-hmm. take you around, you know, dive, scuba dive, go out with the whale sharks. Whatever. Okay, now you're talking about the whales coming down. That's Magdalena Bay, correct? Right, Magdalena mm-hmm. Bay. We have the hotel there, John. And in fact, I'm going there tomorrow to pet a whale. Oh, yeah. Well, and that is, uh, well, it's, it, I guess it's about two thirds of the way down the Baja Peninsula. Is that about right on the Pacific? Well, it's actually two and a half hours north of La Paz. Oh, okay, so it's about more than halfway down. Yeah, 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 it's uh, five hours from Cabo San Lucas. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, that, that's a fascinating place. And the whales, what they do is they migrate back and forth from Alaska. They come down one year, and that's why the bulls are being so frisky is because they come down one year and mate. Uh, then they go back up to Alaska, and then they come down the following year and give birth. Yeah, they, and their calves, you know, it's really unique because they bring it in, they have their calves, and then... Uh, they hang around for about two and a half months, teaching them to swim because they don't want to take them. The mothers don't want to take them out into the current, into the ocean and stuff, and with the sharks. So they actually teach them about swimming, eating, and everything right there in the bay. So, I mean, you're in the midst of 250, uh, you know, whales. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Everywhere you look, you got them. <laughs> So, I mean, you can't miss that. People come from, well, they called me from uh, Rome today. They want yeah, to come over. Yeah. And then uh, also in Mag Bay and right outside of Mag Bay is some fabulous fishing. 
Oh, yeah. Well, we've got the boats there uh, out of the hotel where, you know, we're going to have something new this year, John. So you can tell you all your people uh, about fly fishing. We're going to have a fly fishing school on the estuary right there at the hotel. You'll learn to fly fish and go out in the estuary and fish and then uh, go out to Mag Bay and go for the big stuff. That's mm-hmm. coming up, too. Wow. I, I, I just did some math, John. On his dove package, thirteen ninety nine, four days, three days of hunting, that comes out to less than $350 a day. You, you can barely live at home for that. <laughs> and that includes your lodging, that's your hotel, that includes yeah. three meals a day and your guide. And all gas and everything. The only thing it doesn't is a shotgun shell. Now, Grizz, uh, if, if someone wants to go down there, <clears throat> can, can they bring some of the doves home with them? Sure, they can bring all they want. You just have to leave one wing on. And that's all there is to it, you know, so they can identify it at the border if they want to. Yeah. But most of the time, they don't even say anything. Yeah. So you, you breast them and leave a, leave one wing on. Yeah. Well, you can't breast them and leave one wing on. You uh, basically, you give the breath with, uh, you know, the upper torso. Yeah. And, and the got- same with the ducks. And the guys that are looking, I'm getting a lot of people, Duck Dynasty called me uh, last night. Uh, there's a lot of guys looking for weird ducks, you know, stuff that you can't kill in the Central Flyway and the Atlantic Flyway. And we have them down here. They're actually collecting ducks like ruddy ducks and uh, scooters and stuff like that. We have all of those here, cinnamon teal, uh, tree ducks. I mean, we've got lots of them, and people are coming down here for their collection. Well, I, I was just at our local lake here and saw a bunch of coots, if that helps. Well, uh, no, the only no thing thanks. coots no thanks. for is to take the liver out and make pate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, man, that, yeah. that is well, so many opportunities south of the border, and I'm sure that most people <clears throat> north of the border haven't even thought of those opportunities. Well, yeah, well, all they have to do is go to the Facebook, uh, to Fish Talk Radio Facebook. Mm-hmm. Everything will be listed there. You can listen to the show. You can see about it. You can get the information. You can get everything you mm-hmm. want on Fish Talk Radio Facebook and also on the web. Uh, Grizz, I would also like to mention, if any, if there's something that somebody wants to do that we haven't talked about, just let us know because, you know, we've got connections all over the world. One of the things I'd really like to do, hopefully this year, year is put together a group to go to Cuba. And we have a lot of good contacts there. And, you know, with uh, Cuba, with what's happened in the last year or two, it's really the hot spot now. Well, a hot spot in a way that it's new. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting. And, you know, it's like the prohibited spot. Yeah. You can't go to Cuba. Well, and you now can the now. doors yeah. are open, which yeah. it's about time. It's just yeah. ridiculous, it's these cold wars and all that stuff. I'm so against it. Yeah. But it's like, guys, you got to go to Cuba and see what's happening there. Maybe the fishing isn't better than... Another place, but think of the experience oh, that yeah. you would live by going to yeah, Cuba. Yeah, just go down, go down to the, the Hemingway Bar and fish some of his holes. Uh, yeah, and, and or Bobby Joe's. And, they're, they're, yeah. and there, there's a lot of freshwater fishing down there, too. But, yeah, that's uh, so, what I was hearing, so, even duck hunting. Yeah, so if anybody's interested, uh, get in touch with us. And once we get a you know a small group put together, we'll make the arrangements. And I can't give you an exact price right now, but it's very affordable, depending on what people want to do. It's under certainly under 2000 
Yeah, well, we can do anything. Anything you want to do in Mexico, Cuba, just let us know. We all we make television shows all over the place. We do radio shows. Yep. We've hunted or fished or we won't steer you wrong. Right. And we always, There'll be a place that uh, right. we have been ourselves yep. and can verify. And we have, it's safe right. and good. And we also have hosted trips to Alaska. Uh, we're going to have to go on this segment, Grizz, but that was fascinating. And if this didn't pique anybody's interest, uh, uh, then their brain did. What can I tell you? <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Grizz, thank you, and we appreciate everybody tuning in. Go to fishtalkradio.com and the Facebook at Fish Talk Radio, and also uh, Grizz's Facebook. Just put it uh, Mike Ritz. Uh, what's your Facebook page? All right, we got to go. You're listening to Fish Talk Radio, and we appreciate you tuning in.